0: How to integrate AI or chat GPT for business success. It's very important today because AI is not the future. It's present. We need to use it today. And when I spoke with Jeff Coyle, founder of Market News, he told me in the future we'll have three companies. The first company will develop AI. The second company will implement AI. And the third company will be obsolete. <laughs> so I'm so excited to discuss this topic. We awesome. Ben Fitzpatrick, how are you? Yeah, good. How about you? Yeah, doing great. You now, I love connecting with people from Australia because, you know, I like your positive mindset. M- many great speakers on Australia, great specialists. Uh, ben, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience background and why you decided to pay attention to AI today. Sure.
1: Um, so, as Ben, I'm Chief Strategy Officer at Web Profits. we a digital growth consultancy uh, based out of um, Sydney but um, we're we're remote first. We're pretty much global um, at this point. And uh, I've been, uh, I'll probably confuse some of your uh, listeners because obviously I have an American accent, but I've been here in Australia for about 10 years. Uh, My wife's Australian, so I moved here um, uh, 10 years ago and and really have been in uh, the digital performance marketing space uh, for, um, for the past decade. Before that, I was in the content um, and editing space. And really over the last five years, you know, as I've led uh, big campaigns for, for Australian businesses, what's become clear is that the value that we deliver from a, uh, an agency perspective has cha- was changing quite a lot. In particular with respect to the uh, you know the trends in machine learning and AI. Now, most of that was on the ad platform side, where we saw that you know the optimization, the work to do there, really was just starting to be quite different and and very much driven by machine learning. And so we pivoted our business to focus on being ready for those trends and being ahead of those trends as they came. Obviously, that didn't put us in a position to see what was coming with ChatGPT, you know, clearly. um, But it did put us in in place to really, once it launched, uh, you know, dedicate a lot of resources to, figuring out how to use it, how to, how to get value out of it. And in particular, I think the one thing that most businesses are, uh, are struggling with is actually how to integrate it into business workflows. Um, because most of what you see right now with ChatGPT is, uh, is kind of solo entrepreneurs talking about different use cases that they have, um, which is very different from trying to take something like this and, and, uh, and build it into processes that already already exist within a business. So that's kind of the area that we've seen um, being able to really differentiate in, in a uh, uh, pretty hectic market right now around everything going on with uh, with AI and ChatGPT. And um, yeah, we've had a lot of success run some big training programs. We're consulting with a, a whole bunch of businesses across Australia, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's fascinating. It's in this kind of partly marketing space how do we use chat to get more out of marketing but then very quickly goes off into lots of different areas of business process and workflows um and uh, yeah i mean it's just it's such a versatile tool that the conversation can kind of go anywhere um so it's nice. exciting time
0: love it love it love your experience by the way i quote someone who uh Made noise so <laughs> in our podcast. Uh,
1: um, yeah, yeah my kids are in the other room, and, uh, <laughs> and I mean, if they're not making noise, then it's just good, good noise filtering. So it's all good.
0: Ah, uh, that's okay. You know, it's live conversation. I think if, when you make such noises, it shows that we are live. So <laughs> that's okay. That's fair. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And a phone, by the way, in podcast when uh, my dogs. Uh, made noise or my kids, uh, I, I get much higher engagement <laughs> because it's natural. <laughs> there you go.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. But uh, I want to ask you about niches that don't consider AI today. Let me tell uh, uh, that i know. For example, it's interesting in marketing field, SEO, content creation, everyone. Everyone. I don't know anyone who can ignore AI yeah. today. I cooperate yeah. with great offers who can publish on Forbes, uh, Investopedia, many other great websites, and all of them use ChatGPT. Even some of them overuse. We usually speak to them, tell don't overuse because uh, this tool is amazing, but it creates generic content. We need something new. So we can use in many different goals that can help, you know, to create high quality content just to help, not to create from scratch. Uh, But, you know, some niches like accounting, you know, I have two brothers, Uh, they, I don't know, they work like plus 15 years in accounting, and yeah, yeah, they have high positions, uh, everything looks great, but Nobody cares about AI on these niches in the US. Yeah. You know, they usually uh, count on Costpoint or uh, QuickBooks, many other great software, and they don't consider AI. I think things can change fast now for these niches because uh, I check out on Google, Costpoint is developing AI, uh, QuickBooks, all software, uh, yeah. think how to implement AI, and these people can lose their jobs, you know, <laughs> because they don't adapt AI. Can you tell how to start for such niches? What they need to do? Because I yeah. asked my brothers why you don't consider AI. They tried, they played, but they couldn't get good results. They told oh, just yeah. generic basic. So any tips about that?
1: Well there's uh, first I think there's a good reason for that dynamic. Um and, and it's worth it's worth quickly exploring, which is you know, uh I came up through SEO, right? So I've been in, uh, you know, broader performance marketing for, you know, five, six years. But before that, I was focused on SEO. And every three or four months, my whole job basically changed, right? There'd be an algorithm update, you know, I would have to come in and all of a sudden I'm focused on entirely different things. You know, someone who's been running Facebook ads for the last five years, you know, they saw the decline of organic reach and all these different things that, you know, just changed their job really fast. So in in digital marketing in particular, but really marketing in general, that's been kind of something we're used to. It's just dramatic disruptions of the way we work. So like, you know, AI and ChatGPT are a massive version of that, but they're not something that we're uncomfortable with the same way that an accountant who the way that they have worked has been probably the same for the last, you know, 50 years other than the advent of QuickBooks and, you know, and some accounting software tools, you know, they're just not used to that kind of disruption. And so they don't have, you know, an approach to um, to reacting to it um, the same way that, you know, that marketers do. Um, so I think that is kind of, uh, you know, one of the reasons why you see so much activity in the marketing space, um, you know, compared with with others that are going to, to see the value now for, yeah. you know, for like businesses. Um, who are trying to figure out how do I start? And I think that's been the the big uh, struggle that I've seen a lot is businesses, you know, they, like you said, they try stuff out, it's kind of generic, they're probably using, you know, the the free versions, they're using GBT 3.5, they're getting worse results than you know, even if they just paid for the up, um, you know, for the, for the pro account, so that and they're just not seeing, you know, what this could could do for them other than, you know, the the stuff you heard at the start, you know, writing poems in different people's, you know, voice and stuff like that. So what we have um, developed is actually an approach where we'll come in and we're running about an hour long training, which is all kind of chat GPT and AI best practices. And it starts with a whole set of fundamental knowledge that I think really is increasingly important for people to have in order to be able to navigate just kind of everything that's happening right now. And so that's kind of some of the, you know, some of the terms um, around AI and machine learning, you know, kind of learn, uh, uh, understanding all of those terms, understanding not, I mean, we don't know the, need to know how, you know, the tools work, but a little bit of the, um, you know, of certainly how, how best to work with them. And some of that requires, you know, an understanding of the technology and then getting into you know, what's kind of increasingly called, you know, prompt engineering um, or just advanced prompting. And there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot there that I think, you know, just goes so far beyond that first approach that most people are still taking where they do a single shot, um, you know, prompting, you know, they'll just ask questions of chat GPT and get stuff expect to get stuff back. And it's so much more like the, you know, the better approach is so much more sophisticated than that. And so they need to kind of see that. But even that right there isn't enough. Like that's just laying the foundational knowledge. Then they need to see it. Because the way you know someone like myself works with ChatGPT is just very different from uh, you know, from someone who hasn't been, you know, focused on getting the value out of it. And the main difference is usually just how iterative um will work with the tool, just how much feedback. We give it on every single prompt to actually get it to value, you know. Like there's a, um, if you take a, a, you know, something that used to take you five days, and you think, oh, it could take me, you know, five minutes now. You get really excited. It's just as exciting if it takes thirty minutes, right? Like that's still, you know, obviously it's more work, but that's still really awesome. And I think that's kind of the difference is you still need to put quite a lot of work in, and you definitely need to be an expert in what you're doing. So I can't, you know, I can't go write about dogs, for example, right? Because I have cats, right? I could write great content about cats, but like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to actually look, you know, read what ChatGPT is giving me and find the value in it. Because the way you, you know, you, you were talking at the start about, you know, kind of a lot of generic content, but you can use it to get to great content. And part of that is actually getting it to generate some content finding the good bits in there. And there usually will be a few, you know, pieces of just really, really great content and actually re-prompting it to build everything off of that, those great little nuggets, right? And then it rewrites it, but all centered around the value that you found in it. And then you keep doing that and it gets better and better. And then you probably get to a point where you definitely are going to need to edit and add your own um, to it. So I think everybody's kind of hoping that it'll do everything. It doesn't do everything. It really just generates content and you got to do all of the rest. And a lot of that is inserting your expertise, you know, uh, continuing to to push and to iterate, um, and then also using, you know, some of these uh, prompting best practices, because there is a real difference in what you'll get from it, depending on the language you use and, and the approach you take.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. By the way, I love to play with prompts. And sometimes after playing for a long time, if I understand that AI doesn't recognize what I'm looking for, I create new chat you know, to play from scratch, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah, it takes time. And uh, you remind me Elon Musk when he shared screenshot uh, how he asked ChatGPT uh, about a specific question. You know, um, I spent a few times to read this question because uh, I wanted to know what Elon Musk wanna uh, know from ChatGPT Uh, and he did did it before started to criticize ChatGPT uh, to sign this letter with thousand other uh, entrepreneurs. And it's interesting, to know, how Elon Musk can change his mind because he signed this letter to procrastinate the process. After a few days, he bought expensive equipment to develop this technology on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah, because, you know, I think uh, it's impossible today to procrastinate the process because even if the U.S. will decide to procrastinate, China, Australia, other countries will develop this technology. So he got it and changed the mind. So it's, it's hard to go ahead. Again. I think from it's- my perspective, like, you know,
1: I mean, I've got parent, I've got kids. Uh, I think about this stuff outside of a work context quite differently, to be honest, from yeah. the mindset I take in work. Like I actually have a side project that I'm trying to get off the ground, which is going to be about like how parents should navigate, you know, a world of AI, because I think there's no information out there for us in terms of, you know, what, what should we be teaching our kids? How should we be managing their data? Like, there's so much stuff there. And I have a lot of concerns. On the work side, I just don't have any choice, right? Like, there's we're just going to be left behind um, if we don't run with this. And certainly, I am not going to have any impact on the trajectory of AI technological development. I am, you know, a a person well, well down in this wave, just trying to trying to find my place on it. Um, and so, you know, and so so that means that you got to really maintain two, two mindsets here. You can have your, you know, the, you know, um, you have to work with it ethically, right? Like you're still, one of the things we have a number of principles that we, um, have for working with, uh, chat GPT to get the most out of it. One of it is like, once you use any content from it, it's yours, right? So you need to be able to take responsibility and accountability for whatever you create, which means, you know, you have to use it the right way, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but yeah, you really do, I think, just have to take the, you know, the real fears and, and concerns that I think are, are quite legitimate um, and separate them out from the just need to be able to use this technology in a business sense to, I mean, you know, to at least keep up, I would say, you know, some businesses might not realize that yet, that they're in a place where they're already behind. But if they haven't been focused on this yet, they are already mm-hmm.
0: behind. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, creating these prompts. Uh, you mentioned that we can start from best practices. That's okay. You know, I love it. For example, to find case uh, studies, to play with that, you can find your the best approach. Uh, Elon Musk shared this uh, his prompt, you know, when he got the specific unique answer, by the way, because he asked uh, uh, this question in... Uh, Conversational tone about policy, m- m- many things. So, can you tell how to create unique prompts? Because uh, on yeah. ChatGPT, we have plus hundred million users only in two months. I don't know how many we have today. Yeah, who knows? Probably, probably billion. A I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hard to imagine. Yeah, but uh, anyway, can you tell how to create these unique prompts to get unique answers?
1: Yeah, so I would say the first thing, my first recommendation would be to ignore most of the LinkedIn, you know, whatever, pick your social platform that you're on. It's Facebook, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, you know, 10 best prompts for this, 100 best prompts for that, like that, that approach, I think, is holding a lot of people back because they're looking for one thing that's going to just really Give them everything they want, and that's not that's not usually how it works. Or when it does work that way, it's usually for a, a relatively simple use case. So what we uh, what we basically um, use is uh, a number of com- kind of com- uh, approaches together. The first is it's pretty well proven at this point that an approach called chain of thought prompting mm-hmm. is more effective than this uh what's called zero shot or few shot prompting and so what that means is zero shot or few shot is where you just ask a question of chat gpt and ask it to give you a response maybe there's a little bit of follow-up that's zero or few shot chain of thought is where you're trying to reach uh trying to achieve something create something and you put together some intermediate steps that show you know that that work the um, the tool through the process of reasoning to get to that final outcome. So it might be something, I mean, a simple version of this would be, say you're doing keyword research. You might say, first, give me a list of the, you know, thousand or hundred, um hundred, uh, you know, highest intent keywords in the travel insurance industry now. And then the next prompt would be now organize these, you know, into keyword groups based on, you know, customer intent, um, and then identify, you know, specific intent aligned with each of these keywords. Now write me, you know, a couple headlines for each of these keyword groups, something like that, where you're taking it through a series of steps that allows you to actually check it as you go, as opposed to need to provide all the feedback on the final product and not really know where it went wrong. So that's one right there is this chain of thought approach to prompting is um, consistently better. And then what it means is you can have that prepared ahead of time. To go into any work you're doing with ChatGPT, the chain that you're going to use, we then have on top of that um, a series of what we call kind of master prompts. Now I don't think we have the right term for that, but that's what we use internally. And these are basically just like inter, like because uh, we, we're an agency, so we work with a lot of clients. It'll be you know a template uh, that here's a great description of the business, here's a great description of all their target audiences, here's a description of Here's a, an overview of all their reviews. Here's you know, some insights about the culture around their business. Things that we can bring to working with ChatGPT and not have to write, but we can just copy and paste them in as context within our prompts. And so that allows us to just work really fast to give it a lot of information. Um, and then the last, what we, brings this all together is we use an approach called automated prompt engineer. And that's when you use ChatGPT to create the series of prompts for you so you tell it what you're trying to achieve i'm trying to build out a comprehensive google ads campaign including keyword research you know uh, headlines descriptions all this stuff this is the information i have to use then you get ChatGPT to give you the chain of prompts that it recommends to get to that conclusion you then need to go in and use your expertise to kind of turn those into well-crafted prompts but um, but that approach is, uh, is quite effective at, 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 um, the most sophisticated, uh, tasks you'll, um, you'll use the tool for at least at the moment. Um, and I mean, that's all, you know, it's all, it's all changing, but I do think some of this stuff is starting to become, uh, you know, foundational, you know, uh, approach and knowledge that we'll be able we will continue to be able to build on, uh, as things, uh, as things progress.
0: Nice. Nice. Awesome. Valuable, but I want to ask you about uh, creativity, you know, uh, because most content creators complain that uh, ChatGPT is just rewriting tool. Yeah, it's a rewriting tool, the best rewriting tool ever, rewriting, not writing. And uh, of course, uh, ChatGPT just uh, uses content that was created. And yeah, Uh, can you tell how to be creative by using AI or specifically ChatGPT? Yeah, to stand out from the rest.
1: I mean, first of all, just try stuff. And that that's like there's very few ways of working with Chat GPT that I would say, you yeah, just go in and try some things, you know, do uh, you know, ask a question in a really strange way. On the creative side is the one place that actually you can do some really interesting things. You know, there's um uh there's a, a strategist named Julian Cole. He's um He's a media strategy. He's, uh, I think, he's got his uh, business. It's like strategy finishing school, but he's with one of the big media agencies, and he has like a series of creative prompts for ChatGPT that I think are actually like they're probably the only like list of prompts that I've gotten value out of. You know that I've downloaded off of whatever resource, and some of them are like, give me, fi- you know, ten, uh, you know, Reddit shower thoughts for this business or. You know, give me uh, another one that's interesting is like, give me all of the things that uh, people complain about in this industry. Now write them as positives. Um, and so they're just like, there's like a bunch of stuff like that, that you can just start to, to use and you'll get tons of terrible creative ideas. Like, you know, just lots and lots of creative, just bad ideas. And one of the things that I try to remind people of is if you are working with a creative team that will be the start of your process as well. You will have lots of bad ideas in pursuit of a good creative idea. That's actually normally how the process goes. And so ChatGPT, the first thing it does is it allows you to get a lot of bad ideas down quick. And that's quite valuable. You can use that to, it'll spur some thoughts and get you you know, thinking and all of a sudden you've got stuff to work with and you can start to use your creativity you know, on top of it. And I think that's a really important thing. Like, again, if you are a creative, that's your expertise. Don't expect ChatGPT to replace your expertise. It's going to enhance it. It's going to help you to get more and more, you know, out of the skills you already have. And so I think that's where uh, the the dynamic comes um, comes into play. And I think the last thing I would say is, you know, creative is just one example, but there's a lot of these examples of people who will just say, It doesn't work for fill in the blank. It doesn't work for creative or it doesn't work for writing great content or it doesn't work in this industry or whatever it might be. And what we have kind of set as a principle within our our organization is if you're not getting it to work for something, you start by assuming that you're the problem, not ChatGPT, because if you assume ChatGPT is the problem, then you're just going to kind of move on and not, you know, try. And it's like. None of this is easy. And I think that's the the thing that everyone was fooled by was at the start. It seemed like, oh, all of a sudden everything's going to be easy. It's not. It takes a really sophisticated approach and understanding of the model on top of all the expertise you need to deliver great you know, work in whatever space you're working in. So it's it's very hard. But as you get it right, all of a sudden you're able to deliver so much more. Right. So you you need to start by assuming it, that we're the problem. The people are the problem, not ChatGPT. And and then, you know, eventually with working, get to finding out sometimes ChatGPT is the problem and then, you know, it's just not able to do certain things. And that's OK. Right. But it, you just don't want to start there because if you start there, you're just going to close yourself off. So um, but yeah, to, to come back to creative, just just get in there and try things. And um, I mean, like if you if you prompt well enough around the business and, you know, uh, and the target audience and the brand and the brand voice and all these different things. And you can ask it, you know, give me 10 good creative campaign ideas and some like, you know, especially if you're looking for like a, you know, a campaign to run for a month on, on paid social or something like that, you'll get some decent stuff. I mean, the other day we were doing it with um, a brand that we used to uh, used to work with in the, in the baby food space. And I mean, it gave us when we were working on creative ideas, it gave us, literally the exact, basically the exact campaign that we had won awards for um as, you know, one of the, the ideas. And it was just, yeah, it's just right there. So, um yeah, I mean, the first barrier for creatives is get in it, get involved.
0: Yeah, valuable. I agree. I agree. Because, you know, I, can, I can't create an article how to lose weight because I'm not an expert on this niche even by using chat gpt Because <laughs> if yeah. I ask... Uh, this prompt, I can get generic stuff. I don't know how to edit. I don't know what good, what bad. So you need to have experience because this tool can help to increase speed of creating content. But if you have no experience, uh, yeah, you just get generic information. Sometimes wrong information because yeah, this tool is not accurate. Uh, Ben, I want to ask you about... Uh, creating non-boring content. You know, we have this bounce rate. High is everywhere. Website content, YouTube videos. It doesn't matter. Uh, And uh, once I spoke with Jim Edwards, he worked in Business Insider 10 years. Then company was sold for $500 million. And he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. So most content about business is boring, but uh, yeah. business insider found the way how to create non-boring content because it's not only value. Um, for example, I check out data. People usually read 5% of all books because it's boring. You know, you can't get their attention. And most business books are good for sleeping. You know, when you have problem with sleep, you just take a new boring book, valuable. Okay, valuable, but it's boring and you can sleep well all night, you don't need pay um, pills, medicine, anything, just take a new boring book. Can you tell about creating non-boring content by using AI?
1: I mean, I think it comes back to like my, you know, my hope is that we're moving into a place where all of the generic content that people have been producing for, and I mean, I've been part of this in back in the day, I've been producing for, you know, 15 years now is going to move out of the content ecosystem because anybody can create it, right? Like, you know, I've reflected that some of the tasks that I did when I started in SEO, I was working on the content side of SEO, but 10 years ago, you know, uh, different different place, um, I could basically do in a single day all of the work that I did in a year in SEO in 2013 with ChatGPT right now, I could do it in a day. Right. So like that generic content and you know that that was 10 years ago, pretty, pretty generic stuff, but there's a lot of businesses still producing that and there's just so much saturation of just average content everywhere. Right. So I actually don't think that I think AI will help to solve this problem by just making it so easy to create that content that its value actually finally goes to zero. And then all of a sudden, the only valuable content will be something different, right? So there's a number of ways that you can make good, interesting content um, different. One is to have something new to say, right? And so that's not going to come from ChatGPT. That's going to come from, you know, whoever's writing or from the business or whatever, whatever the case might be. So, you know, ideally. A great one is if you have some, you know, some new data that just hasn't been out in the world, right? If you have that and you can get some insights out of it, then you can take that to ChatGPT and create something really great because it's new. There's, like that information doesn't exist in the world. So that's one of the, um, you know, one, one of the uh, most straightforward ways um, to create um, great content. And another is to, you know, really lean into... Your expertise, and I think this is an area that's gonna uh, that's gonna get really interesting. Which is, there's so much. Um, I was talking to a business uh, uh, last week, um, and they were talking about, you know, most they they're in um, like uh, skincare products, um, and they were saying, you know, most of the information about these products is sitting in the head of their founder, who's also like the scientist, doctor you know, uh, who drives all this. And it's just like, okay, well, he has never been able to get all that information down into FAQs or into resources or guides or whatever, because he's not a writer. He doesn't, they, they don't have, you know, resources to just get someone to come and sit with him for, you know, days and write and summarize and all of that. All of a sudden I could have an hour, you know, hour conversation with him that we're recording as like we use like fireflies um uh, noting so we'll record you know a conversation i have a full transcript i've got a summary of it i've got you know clear action points i can take that bring that into chat gpt and then all of a sudden be like let's create some resources around just you know that conversation that's going to be a, a you know a pathway to to great content that i think a lot of people are going to start um grabbing a hold of because it's driven by the person, but it's all of this information that you know, an expertise that has just been sitting, you know, uh, in people's heads, uh, and and you know that's where you'll get, um, you know, one of the worst things about SEO content. Uh, I shouldn't even it's not even SEO content. It's really all content. Is there's no actual examples because it's not written by some. It's usually not written by someone who's done whatever your they're writing about, right? You get a copywriter to write, you know, the ultimate guide to dog grooming, right? Like maybe they, you know, maybe they know about dogs or whatnot, but they're probably not a dog groomer, right? That's probably not their role, they're a copywriter. Whereas with this type of approach, you could go interview a dog groomer for an hour, get all of the really interesting stories, you know, that they have about, you know, the time that, you know, this dog did that, whatever the case might be, right? And they'd be, all of a sudden, it's an interesting piece of work because it's real. It's got a real story in it, and we're able to get that into whatever format we need really quick, really quickly, in a way that just wasn't possible before. So that, to me, is the the most straightforward avenue to getting great content. Um, but I don't think I, I think the 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 main principle there is the great content starts with the person. It's just how we can get that information out of them and then how we can use ChatGPT to, you know, to write it and to organize it um, however we want. That, that's got to be the, the way. So if you don't have an idea for something interesting, you're not going to get there. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah. yeah, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, ben, uh, can you list common mistakes that content creators companies still do by using AI and your tips how to find another
1: way? common mistakes. Um, I mean, the first one we mentioned before, but I think it really does go, uh, it's worth uh, um, doubling down on, which is the, the noise from influencers and from, you know, people all across the internet on like, you know, different prompts. It's not that they're not interesting ideas for prompts, it's that they're pushing you down a pathway of the wrong approach to prompting. Um, so that, and the you know what they're kind of um, showing you is, hey, there's an approach to prompting where if you get that first prompt right and you just ask the right question, you'll get this amazing outcome. And that's not that, it, it's just not the best approach. The best approach is to really be very detailed and iterative. In how you work. So, that first prompt, yeah, it matters. And you want to get that first prompt right. And there's a number of best practices you can use for that. Certainly, clarity is really important. Being really clear on what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to do, all that type of stuff is really important. But actually, where you will get to value will be through the iteration um, from there. So, that's the first one. The second one is, and I mean, this isn't, there's just no way around this, is you got to be using GPT 4. So if you don't have the paid version of ChatGPT, like it's, it's night and day, the difference between the two. Um, and you know, there's just kind of not a way around it. Like we, uh, have, um, it's gone from, you know, no, the, not a cost to probably in our top five software costs, um, you know, already, because I can't tell my team to use this tool. But not give them the best version of it, especially when the best version of it is so much better than the free version. Now you also, you know, plugins have just rolled out, so now you've got, you know, a whole host of other, uh, you know, uh, um, tasks that you can do with it. I'm still working to kind of explore that, but that's only on the paid side. So um, that's that's usually the first thing that I just stop anybody and say, "What are you working with?" And if they tell me it's the free version, I'm like, "Okay." anything that you, you know, think you've learned, like unlearn it because you're not, you're not seeing actually what, you know, what it can do at the moment. And that's going to always be the a problem because things are going to continue to progress. And if you're not working with, you know, the the best version, then you, know, you, you, you won't kind of know what's possible um, in the moment. So it's, um it's a hard one because you can't buy every new tool. You can't, you know, invest in everything, we, we really need to be smart about how we're investing our time in particular. Like I haven't spent a lot of time with Bard yet, because all of the feedback that I'm seeing is, you know, for the type of work that I'm trying to do, Bard is not, is not at the same level as ChatGPT. Now, you know, once I start to see a key set of people start talking about Bard a different way, then I'll quickly go invest a lot of time in it. Um, and so that that's kind of um, uh, yeah one of the things. Um, other yeah other mistakes people are making. Um, preparation is a big one. Um, that was uh, that was a I think a learning that probably took us too long to get to. But you know we're moving to this place where we're we're really actually changing the way that we work um, based on ChatGPT. And part of it is we see an opportunity through like really collaborative sessions, you know, two or three hour collaborative sessions to deliver a lot of work, like much more than we ever thought possible. And the way you make that work is to be really well-prepared. You've got your series of prompts that you're gonna follow. You've created templates for all the information that you need. Everybody knows what you're trying to achieve. You've got a plan, and then you come into it and you get into it and you have everything you need to just work fast and, and collaborate. So preparation, um, is definitely is definitely a big one, and the the last one I'd say is get the content out of ChatGPT. It doesn't like if you're not shipping anything, then it isn't real, right? Like that's kind of one of these like fundamental principles of of certainly of an agency. Um, and you know that right there is I see a lot of people just working in ChatGPT and continuing to work in ChatGPT, and then they end and it's done. I'm like, well, you didn't get anything from that because you didn't take anything and put it somewhere and send it to someone or, you know, whatever, whatever the next step would be. So you want to go and understand, you know, what am I trying to achieve? What's going to be the next step? I like to have the document ready to pull the content out into ahead of time so that I'm already, already, you know, just prepared to to move ahead once I've got, you know, at least to where I can edit it. Right, and then you get it out of Chat GBT, you work with it there, and you move it forward. So, I think that's the, the, the last one. So,
0: yeah, nice, love it, love it, great list. And, Ben, my final question about your experience you know, it's interesting that, uh, uh, for example, I found that I usually get good results with clients who understand SEO. so we help with uh, getting uh, higher ranking positions. And uh, but if clients don't understand, you usually tell them: take our course, learn on YouTube, Google, just learn because you need to understand the basic. It's the same like yeah. to lose weight. Yeah, if you want to lose weight, the best coach, mentor, trainer can't help you because you need to understand why you need to eat healthy food, uh, why you need to train hard, to drink water. So yeah, m- many different uh, insights about that, and. Uh, Let's imagine, Ben, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, completely from scratch, what will you do today to learn more about AI?
1: So I start, yeah, that's a great question. Um, the first thing I would do, and, I, and I've kind of eventually got to this point, is I would put together a list of, of people and organizations that are the, the ones that I'm going to follow. Um, and the ones that I'm really going to take my, my lead from. Now, for example, um, what's really cool about AI right now is that everybody's kind of in the same position. So there's literally research going on at Stanford focused on the same thing that I'm focused on, like what's the best prompting approaches and stuff like that. And so all of a sudden, the sources that we have for information are very broad. The best sources that I've found, for example, it's there's Stanford University. There's a lot of lectures there, actually, that you can that you can listen to that get that foundational knowledge. And it goes right into prompting. So it goes right into actually how we use the tool. Another one is um, you know, probably the best introductory guide to ChatGPT I've found was developed by UNESCO, which is the, the UN um education, and I won't get the whole acronym, but um you know a big un agency and they created this chatgpt guide for educators that's just really great it's got this decision tree on kind of you know when to use chatgpt and how to it's got basics best practices prompting different really interesting use cases that you could use in education so you really do need to be like i i think you know my my recommendation was to not listen to the the linkedin influencer um, ecosystem, but still, you need to go out and find the resources that are going to be, you know, where you take your direction from. Um, and I think that, you know, so that's the first area because everything's move, like moving so fast that it isn't about getting to a certain point in knowledge. It's about having an approach that's going to allow you to. I don't even want to say keep up, right? Um, it's like I don't know if that's even the right uh, um, way to think about it because I'm not sure we can but as, as best we can. Um, so, so that would be the first thing is really have clear, clarity on where I'm going to turn to. Um, I would also much earlier stop trying to, you know, a lot of what we did at early on was to take a process that already existed and to just bring ChatGPT into it and see and like and try to just, you know, uh, tr- change that process as it already exists And the problem is that a lot of times the way a process will work is it's built around the stopping points to go write something. So the process doesn't work anymore with ChatGPT because you literally get to the point where you generate the content and then that's actually the point in the process that you're supposed to stop. So you really need to look at your um, your processes from a first principles perspective, which is what are the reasons that we have, we're stopping through this process. It's usually one of two things. We need to go write something or we need someone to approve something, right? So if you can solve those, you know, in a collaborative set of fashion, then you don't need any of those pauses, right? So like that was the thing it took us a long time to get to is not to take the process as we have it already, but to try to create a new a new approach to get to the same outcome, and that's why all the solo entrepreneurs are doing so well with this, because they don't have something to break. Um, they could just go and, and run with it, you know, in a way that, you know, businesses just that that's not um, possible for them. And then yeah. I, I think the last thing, um, uh, well, a quick one would be, I, I, I'd like to be a bit further along on the on kind of mid-journey and some of the image uh uh generators um because there's just such amazing stuff going on there. I'm not a very creative person though, so Mm -hmm. I don't think that's gonna be my um key area, but I think that's uh um that's starting to get really interesting in a way that you know five months ago it was kind of not as clear that it was going to get to the point where we could I mean we could use it to create ads. And then all of a sudden, you know, Coke's using it to create ads and you know, Tesla's creating at it's like everybody's, you know, there now. So that's one that I feel like I was probably a bit behind on even as I saw it happening. So those would be, um, yeah, some of the stuff. And I mean, just putting time in as much time as I possibly can. I've 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 been pretty good about that. um, But in the end, I don't think you can put enough time in right now into how you work with uh, with these tools
0: nice awesome awesome ben it's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you tell yes, our right. audience the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you
1: yeah so um uh i, I have a podcast as well strategy-led podcast um so go check it out and um, have a listen we've got a, a lot of content around uh chat gbt. we've got some interesting there's one core uh, uh, uh um, episode in there with uh, a woman named Kristen Tinsky who's uh, she's in uh, a content agency um, out of the States doing some of the most epic content development stuff with chat GPT and she but she's working with the API so she's running like thousands of prompts simultaneously and doing this stuff to create entirely new approaches to developing content um, that would be one I'd recommend people go check out
0: nice nice guys you can find the link to the podcast Ben podcast in the description below to LinkedIn account to the website web profits so you can reach out to Ben and tell that you uh learn in our podcast yeah Ben it's a big pleasure again love it so valuable you know welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights I love it. I follow you on LinkedIn, Uh, I'm going to listen to your podcast because I need more value. Okay, guys. Love you. See you.